Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by Tara Beebe, who will tell us all about her improvisational journey. We'll play a couple games and most importantly, learn how she improved her life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lee Evans. And today we are joined by the incredibly talented architect, coach of sports, fantastic improviser, Tara Beebe. Tara, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I've never had an introduction like that. Well, it is well-deserved. Thank you. You have many credentials and accolades (laughs) that deserve to be recognized. Okay. And multi-talented, I would say. I try. I think you succeed. <laughs> I think you succeed. So Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's really glad to have you here. Um, for those of you longtime listeners, Tara joined us on our Camp Chat episode uh, where she had some fantastic improv scenes, one where we were on a dating show. We were. And that was pretty exciting. I think you may have won, I'm pretty sure. I think you won in that game. I forgot to put on my resume. <laughs> I know. Add that to the list of accolades. Winner of an improv game dating show. Yes. <laughs> uh, if only it was real life. If only it was real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember your character was very, uh, that's a pretty intense kind of sad, somber, uh, morose, I'd say, character. Yes. Yeah, but uh, well, well acted, well acted. All right, Tara. Uh, so for our audience at home, uh, I just, if you could quickly tell us about your relationship with IFTP, how long you've been involved, uh, what classes you've taken here. Um, I guess I would say I've been involved since um, the pre-COVID era. The pre-COVID. PCE. Yeah, PC. Um, I took a break during, impro- or during COVID mm. and have come back um, jumped around in different classes, but I would say overall maybe five years. Okay. Okay. I love that. Like you separated, you're like the pre-COVID era. I'm part of that because I think there, yeah. And I love talking to members who were around during that time Mm -hmm. because it's interesting because I'm a post-COVID person. So I like to hear like the story, (laughs) like IFTP before the the pandemic, the The, old theater, the old theater, definitely haunted. Um, The seats were like, have you ever sat in like a vintage chair at an antique shop and you know someone sat in it a yes. thousand times yes. and it's just so comfortable, like leather, I think, mm. I don't know, but amazing, tiny, antique haunted theater. I loved it. Any, uh, any unique smells? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just that just antique that. haunted okay. theater okay. smell. Maybe a little musty or dusty. I kind of smell. I can picture it. I, but I, it was cool. It was cool because it was like this little stage, and mm. I, I was a recruit from my friend who was in IFTP, mm. and so I saw a show at the theater, and then to come do classes oh, wow. at the theater was cool. Yeah. So you're a convert. Yes. It worked. It worked. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, you know, our, our current theater is much nicer. It's, I haven't seen a single ghost and it smells really good. Yeah. So I'm a little sad of the lack of uh, supernatural presence <laughs> and history, like mm-hmm. the stories each seat cushion could tell, you know, totally it's important, but, um, you know, it'll get there one day. Mm-hmm. Time will pass and the Pico will be old as That's well. That's right. <laughs> All right, Tara, before we get too deep into our interview, 
time to play some three things. Okay. So with three things, I'm going to give you a category related to your life because it's personal. And uh, you'll list just three things from that category. Then we'll move on to the next one. Okay. All right. Any questions before we begin? No. All right. So long as you know thyself, you'll be good to go. (laughs) All right. These are three things. First category, things you only find in a small town. Oh, the ability to bike one through the whole town. Um, Cumberland Farms. Two. Um, a, a mom and pop sandwich shop. Three. These are three things. Next category. Things architects do. Therapize. One. Collaborate. Two. Regulate. Three. <laughs> these are three things. Last category. Favorite costumes you've worn. Ooh, Moses. One. Um, Dolly Parton. Two. Um, Betsy Ross. Three. These are three things. Well done. Well done, Tara. Okay. We got to circle back. So why did I ask you about things you only find in small towns? Uh, I'm from a little beach town Mm. uh, just south of Boston. It's called Hull, not Hell. Mm, That's a distinct difference (laughs) That joke was coming. I don't think Hell would be a beach town. You know, that sounds too lovely. And Mm. people in California don't say it correctly. It's Mm. Hull. Hole. It's not a oh, hole. I, I, I don't know that I can. I don't have it in me. There's all sorts of branded t-shirts. Mm. Go to Hull, you know, that <laughs> kind of stuff. Amazing, amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you don't expect a beach town in Massachusetts that's not on Cape Cod. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah. I, I go back in the summers now and love it. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. I've I spent a little bit of time on East Coast, East Coast beaches and I... I do say there's something special about them. That's just different than what we have out here. Totally. Uh, mostly in like Maine and Connecticut. And yeah. fun fact, the water is warmer there. I know. that We get cheated over here because, right, the water comes right? up from the equator on the East Coast, whereas yeah. over here it comes down from the North Pole. Yeah. Like Pacific Ocean. Uh, I've yeah. been, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been in the water here. Wow. Wow. And over there, I'll just put my chair in the water. Yeah, because you just put your feet in, relax. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty nice. And you don't get annihilated by waves. Ah, also true. <laughs> it's a little calmer. Yeah, but maybe more rocky or... Eh, it depends where you go. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, West Coast beaches, they're nice, but there are other beaches that are great out there too. That's the misconception, I think. Yes. It's like, actually... Totally. <laughs> Yep. But uh, don't catch me saying that. Born and raised California uh, <laughs> from San Diego. So I can't, I can't talk bad about our beaches. Okay. Next category. Um, you're an architect. I am. Uh, you said therapize. <laughs> that was your first thing. <laughs> now, is, is that a part of your job or is that extracurricular? <laughs> uh, they don't teach you in school. Mm. Um, no, it's... Um, architecture is so much about collaborating and connecting yes. people. And as architects, you know, it's all this stuff they don't, in, in school, you talk about creativity and design. Mm. Um, but after school, you realize that, you know, me as the architect, I can't do the building without all of the design consultants, all of the engineers. Mm. And so my job is to know a little bit about what everybody does, um, enough about what everybody does to make this symphony, right? Mm. Um, and along the way it's, you know, being able to get in people's heads and 
understand what they're prioritizing and what they're struggling with and get us all to be united. So I like that a lot. And clients are, um, sure, a whole other issue. Yeah. It's, um, my favorite clients are architects, mm. but, um, it's just, again, getting into their mind and, and really developing, seeing the project through the lens that they see the project mm. through. Yeah. So. Ah, that's very interesting. And it, it makes sense, I think, yeah, that your favorite clients would be architects because it's just there's like a sort of collaborative nature there that I feel like maybe someone like me, if I were like, hello, architects, like we wouldn't be able to talk about it the same. <laughs> yeah, they speak the language, they can read the drawings mm, and yeah. um, you know that um, it's it's hard to look at a plan and see a 3D space, right? Yes, yes. And when I, was, um, when I was applying to architecture school, I applied to a school in New York that I won't say. Mm. And I had an interview as part of the application process. And he said, why do you want to be an architect? And I said, well, I'm, I'm good at art and I, I like geometry. And he looked at me and he said, well, architecture is neither of those things. Oh. <laughs> like what a mic drop. Yeah. I was just like, well, should I leave? That's why you go to college though. You find that out <laughs> right. once you're there. Yeah. Like, uh, is the interview over? Like, did I fail? And I did, I did fail because oh. I didn't get in, but, um, an interesting moment because he was absolutely right. It's mm. about understanding space. Mm. So, mm. yeah. I was going to ask you a, a dumb follow-up question. I was going to say, are you, are you good at drawing? <laughs> Am I good at math? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm horrible at math. Um, I'm pretty good at drawing. Pretty good I don't get to do it very often, uh, but yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. I imagine a lot of the work too is probably now digital. Yes. Yeah. Which yes. is like back in the day they had those drawing tables and you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Darn. I always liked on like, uh, like TV shows, you know, I think was it maybe the Brady bunch or like there's, mm -hmm. yeah, he was an architect, right? Yep. So he'd have his big old drawing table mm -hmm. and, but I guess that's not around anymore. No, It's a little sad. I mean, still in school, I think you see drawings depending yeah. on the school. You should probably learn the basics of it and like yeah. be able to know that. So then you can translate to the digital side of things, I imagine. Yes. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to change my life, new career path. <laughs> I'm going to go back to school, become an architect. And I now know it's not about drawing and geometry. That's right. So I'll, I might be able to get in yeah. just on that alone <laughs> without a lot of other knowledge. And I can name several shapes that might be helpful. Mm -hmm. And you're in a space. <laughs> That's true. I'm in a space. Be like, right now we're in a space. That's right. And I'm picturing. Yep. Six sides. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. They're going to love me over there. All right. Uh, that last category, Tara, I asked you about. Um, so I noticed doing a little digging on social media, you have some fantastic costumes that you. you have worn, like just the detail and the commitment, which I love. I think in my head, I've always wanted to be someone who actually tries at Halloween. Mm. And I haven't been able to do that successfully yet as an adult. And every year October comes up then it passes by and I'm like, what have I done? Mm. I missed out. So tell me, are, are fantastic, incredible costumes a passion of yours? Yes. Mm. Um, I started caring after college. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just, I go all in. And a lot of my inspiration comes from, I'll go to a few select stores on Melrose mm. 
and just the secondhand stores and just comb through like right. Betsy. I found this beautiful blue full length dress with ruffles and I was like, Betsy Ross. Oh yeah. And it had little white stars on it. I was like, Oh my That's God. That's perfect so for perfect. her. It was like easy. Yeah. Um, this year I was a little Bo Peep and I had that dress for many years, at least five years. Mm. It was a, um, PCE dress. And, um, I was thinking little Bo Peep, but I let it marinate to see if anything else came Yeah, get a spin on it. And I was a little bit, um, I thought it would kind of fall flat and be underwhelming. So I bought, you know, the life size sheep and the staff. (laughs) And I ended up, I think making it work. Oh, that's fantastic. But yeah, it's, I, Go big or go home. Right? Go big or go home. Totally. Go, go big or go home. That's some good advice. <laughs> go home. And I, you know what? I hope I'm going to make a promise to you right now. Um, this year for Halloween, I need to go big or go home. And if I don't, um, I'll I'll give you five dollars. Well, you have a warm up opportunity. Okay, that's true. This, um, you know, this coming week we have mm. a big holiday approaching and you know i'm from boston st patty's that's right yes i hope you know the date 17th thank you i got some i got some irish in me (laughs) yeah uh so you have the opportunity to go big or go home that's true okay also on st patrick's i I wear my green a little in preparation i I love that it's a nice little stretch a little (laughs) warm-up okay oh yeah i gotta be ready for that I'm a, I've been bad about uh, representing my Irish heritage. <laughs> Wonderful hat options out there in true, the universe. True, true. There's some fun ones. Yeah. I'll, I've got some time. I've got, what's today, the 8th? Oh, I've got time. Totally. All right, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for that warning because I forgot it was coming up. All right, Tara. Well, thank you for uh, jumping into those categories with me. Well, we got to talk some improv. That's why we're here. Sure. Right? This is improv for the podcast, not costume for the podcast, although I would be very interested to to ask you so many more questions, <laughs> maybe off air, off air. But I want to get to talking about kind of how you got your start uh, mm-hmm. doing improv, learning what it was. So Tara, in your life, when was the first time you learned about improv? Maybe saw it, you heard it, I don't know, somewhere read it in a book, television, something. When was that for you? Um, I didn't really know, like I thought whose line was it anyway was funny, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that that was improv. Yeah. Um, I have a friend, Colleen, and a fellow IFT peer. Mm, shout out, Colleen. Um, she said that she was interested in, she's an architect also, but was mm. is in lighting design. And she said that she wanted to get more comfortable just talking in networking situations. And she was thinking about doing Toastmasters, uh, but yeah. she decided to do improv because that was actually fun. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Sorry, dad. My dad's a Toastmaster. <laughs> is he? Oh, that's yeah. funny. Um, so, you know, she started doing it and I was asking her about it and she said, you should totally do it. You would love it. Mm. And I went to one of her shows and I was like, oh yeah, this is like, oh. that looks really fun. And whenever Matt was the host and he was like, I need a volunteer and I was like, oh, pick me. <laughs> like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> I'll go up on stage and do it. Um, so yeah, that was, and then, you know, it took me a few months to sign up, but yeah, it was just like, it was so 
fun to be in this creative art that really to be good at it, you just Mm. have to show up, you know, and, and being present is the number one requirement, right? I didn't have to study. I didn't have to memorize lines. I didn't have to prepare a presentation. It was just show up and be there and Mm. be all there. Mm. And I, I just love that about improv. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of the few art forms I think, yeah, it's just be you show up Mm -hmm. and like, no lines, no materials you got to bring. In fact, if you do, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. The more you bring into a scene, the worse it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. So I want to rewind real quick. So were you at all like growing up, like maybe in, in school, like high school or college, were you interested in performing at all? Did you do theater or music or dance or another art form? Um, I, I definitely prioritized sports. Um, so theater, I mean, I would do some performances, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't too much into being in the, in the front of the, this on stage or Mm. anything like Mm. that. Um, I was, high school was kind of rough. It was, I was just very insecure and unsure of myself, um, even in college a little bit. And once I graduated, I, I went, um, I went to grad school and I had this trip and it seems like silly, but it was a five week trip to Tanzania to study urban design. Mm. And I was at kind of a low point in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had just graduated from USC. It was very difficult. And, um, I was unsure of myself. And when I went to Tanzania, I didn't know anybody. I was with a group of American students and a group of students in Tanzania. And um, I realized that if I'm myself, people will still like me. Mm. And it was um, this fundamental realization that, really affected the rest of my life. And then it was like, wow, I can just be myself. And if I want to have a weird Halloween costume, like that's cool. That's awesome. And so then that level of confidence with just being in my own skin and, um, you know, professionally and as a coach, it just all kind of evolved. But I feel like that was the starting point that, got me to be in a comfort level where I could do an improv show Mm. or have the, um, the comfort level with, you know, making a complete idiot out of myself in front of a group of people. Yeah. We do it every week. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So it's like that trip that you kind of found yourself and it Mm. unlocked all these different things for you. And I guess since that trip, you've seen in different ways in your life that's made an impact. You're like, oh, now at work, I'm me. Now in my extracurriculars, I'm me. Mm-hmm. Like, me is great. And that's all I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think a trip like that definitely sounds like a great opportunity. You know, like we've all had moments in life where we're like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can relate to that very much. And sometimes just getting out of your regular, getting out of whatever funk you're in, can just give you some perspective. Yeah. So shout out Tanzania. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you're lost, 
go to Tanzania. <laughs> would you would you say that's a good plan? Yeah, okay, totally. Great. Yeah. I've I've never been there, but uh, I might. Fabulous. I'll pull up a travel app like when we're finished and <laughs> maybe book a flight. Yes. All right. All right. That's. I really like that. I really like that. So when you you came back from that trip. You're just like, boom, hit the ground running. You're like, Halloween costume, uh, killing it at my job. Uh, in a little bit, I'm going to do some improv. Well, I had just, um, I was asked, it was a Fulbright program, and I was okay. asked yeah. to um, to join it maybe two weeks after I had accepted my first job, which wow. is also my current job. Oh my gosh, that's um, amazing. And I had to call the owner of the firm, Barbara, and yeah. say, hey, like, I know I'm starting on June 1st, but on June 25th, can I leave for five weeks? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and yeah. she said, yes, oh, my gosh, what a great opportunity. That's a good sign. You should go. Green flag. Yeah. Totally. And and also the sign that that was the right firm for me, right? Because mm. she cared about me. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, you can't work for five weeks. And um, so... I, I worked for almost a month, but I remember, mm. um, Allison, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. I do love you. Um, she was my first project manager and she had me, um, doing elevations of these bungalows and I was sitting at my desk and I was like, wow, so this is going to be it for the next 40 years. <laughs> That's my life. And it was very Hard. Yeah, that's hard to embrace. And I, I was just kind of like having this meltdown of joining, you know, the the workforce yeah. Um, yeah. era in my life. Yeah. I don't know. And so um, taking that break and coming back was, mm. um, it was definitely a new perspective. Yeah. And I didn't feel like that anymore. Good. I was excited Good. about my yeah. profession and moving forward. Yeah. I've, I've had a day days like that where you're just like sitting there and you're like, am I going to be doing the same thing? Like <laughs> this <is> it. <laughs> 10, 20 years from now, even longer, like mm -hmm. I'm going to be typing away at this spreadsheet or like whatever it is. You're like, Oh my gosh. So I'm glad you're able, like not like pretty early on in your career, you were able to get a moment of like, okay, no, there's, there's more to life than this. Yes. To me drawing bungalows or yeah, whatever. Totally. That's fantastic. Okay. So Tanzania. Okay, important trip, anchor mm -hmm. moment in yeah. your life. Yep. So flash forward, you have a friend, uh, Colleen. Mm -hmm. She's doing improv here at Improv for the People. Mm -hmm. And she invites you to some shows. Uh, was that your first time at like a comedy or improv show before? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I had seen stand-up comedy, yeah, but sure, not sure. improv. Okay. Mm -mm. So what was your... If you can think back to that first show you went to, you're like, okay, I guess I'm coming to see Colleen, I guess, and at this uh, dusty, crusty theater. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what were your first impressions? Just coming into the space, seeing those IFTPers get up on stage, watching your your friend uh, be hopefully hilarious. <laughs> it looked fun. It looked so fun to just be up there and. Um, I never got the vibe of like trying to be funny. Like mm. nobody seemed like they were trying to be funny. They were just trying to be authentic. Right. Yeah. And, and I loved that. I loved the spontaneity of it. Mm. Um, and, 
and how trying not to be funny actually is hysterical. Yeah. Like that just, it was, um, I mean, it, IFTP had me at hello. <laughs> IFTP had you at hello. <laughs> all right, all right. So you yeah. go to a show, and you go to maybe a few more shows over the next few months, and yeah. you found yourself starting to be like, wait a second, I can do this too. I thought that from the first show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, like I was hooked from the first show. Yeah, it was just like, you needed to warm up a little bit. And then- I was just like, I want to do this. This is so fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you sign up for a class. Uh, was Matt your first teacher here at IFTP? Okay. Yeah. And what was that first class like for you? Um, I think the first class is probably similar to, to any class now. You kind mm. of, you go in and you're like, I don't know where I'm going to get, like, where am I going to get any ideas or what am I going to say or what am I going to do? But you kind of just trust it, right? Like, well, I'm showing up. That's what you're getting from me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to walk in. Um, And like, I really like the, the warm up question that Mm. Matt does that just kind of gets you. He always says hands on your lap, uncross your legs. And, um, (laughs) and it's, it's a nice, uh, just like, okay, work's over. You're here. Like, let's just be here. Yeah. It gets and you set at focus. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I remember thinking a similar thing in my first class here. I was like, whoa, this is nice. Mm-hmm. I like this. Everybody breathes, you know, <gasps> no, let <laughs> yes, out that sound. Totally. Uh, some people go really hard on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're in, you're locked in. You get a question of the day yep. and then you take class from there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Love it. Love it. I, I like that you just kind of jumped in head first. You're like, ah, Colleen can do this. Watch me. Yeah. yeah I've been to Tanzania. <laughs> and then, and then you went right into it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, um, I think that being, I started coaching before I started improv. So being in a group and kind of putting ideas out there sure, and, yeah. you know, being the loud voice in the room was, something that I was used to. So in that sense, it wasn't um, something that was able to bring me out of my shell because I was already kind of out there. But um, the connection with people was the surprising part of it for me. Like being able to be in a scene where it's, you know, nothing normal you're having a conversation with somebody but you're completely connected with them over you know the barbecue fries that you're eating on mars or whatever it is Mm, and mm -hmm. um but to connect with somebody in a scene is that was something that i wasn't expecting yeah out of it yeah you just think it's like oh they get up there and i don't know they'd be funny Mm -hmm. but then you find like that funny comes from the connection the two improvisers share and it just Uh, It just goes from there. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah, something you learned early on. Mm -hmm. Were there, in in your overall improv experience, uh, what are some exercises that you enjoy? Um, I actually just uh, brought to my team, Mm -hmm. because we were, we had a moment where I had to fill time, and we did the rap battle. Oh, yeah. The bomb dish, ba-dom, ba-dom dish, and then I... I love that 
they love the how much they loved it made <laughs> me love it more. Yeah. Um that's one I really love translator mm. and um the telenovela. I just can't get enough of the telenovela. Those are all good ones. All good ones. I yeah. the rap battle in particular. Translator, I I find challenging. So mm. that I I'm upset at that particular exercise, but that's because I'm like, oh, it's tough. Well, my yeah. any language that you give me all sounds the same. <laughs> like, I can't tailor it to any country. Yeah. I I feel like I can maybe like make German, you know, sound like uh, a messy attempt at it. And then, yeah, but I, you know, I don't, I only speak English. I'm not very talented on that front. So. <laughs> Totally. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I'm kind of a one language guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I hear you. All right. All right. So during your time at IFTP, right? So you started, you started taking these classes. What were some things or some maybe lessons you learned early on while you were there taking these classes? Um, to how to connect. So mm-hmm. eye contact, um, not to think this is actually something that I think is important in the real world. Mm. Critical in the real world is when someone's talking to you, um, not to think about what you're going to respond until mm. they're done talking, which is kind of funny. Cause the last question that you asked, I was thinking, um, does the camera angle show my boots? And then you <laughs> asked, <laughs> And then you asked a question and I was like, wow, I totally wasn't listening to that, which is so unlike me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the, the listening without an agenda was definitely um, something that was uh, that, that I learned. And then the, the yes and, and just being able to validate um, and taking care of your scene partner. I love that part. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause whatever I throw out there, like, or whatever someone else throws out there, my job is to make that like, of course, like validate it completely and be all in on whatever that, that information is. And, um, I think that might be the favorite, my favorite part of improv is just to take like the weirdest thing and make it normal. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I agree. That's it's, it becomes your job in that moment in that Mm -hmm. scene. And when else do you get to do that? Yeah. I want to touch back to on something you said, the, like the active listening, right. Or listening without an agenda. It's something that is so hard to do. I even, after you made that comment about the boots, I found myself, so I'm like, Oh, like, what am I going to ask next? But I'm like, no, 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 just focus on this. And the questions will come, you know, you catch yourself. And I think that's something that is a good lesson, both like for improv as well as outside life in work and just talking with friends or family or loved ones. Like, Oh my gosh. Like having a conversation just for the sake of hearing, not asking. Yep. Yeah, or like not asking questions where you're like, okay, now ask me the same question so I can answer it. Because that's, that's what I was trying to get to. Right, you know? especially in a in a leadership role mm. and, you know, the, the, we're mentoring staff and young architects and, you know, if they have a challenge, you have to hear them out on the whole challenge and you can't problem solve until you kind of dig in a little bit deeper and get more into what's going on and... Mm. So if you just 
you know, oh, this is an issue about X and I'm just going to go into how to solve X. Yeah. Um, you, you'll, you won't get into maybe the root of what, you know, what the discussion is about. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. It's like not taking over the conversation and solving things for them. It's like asking questions to kind of help guide them. And instead of just being like, Oh, here's the answer. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a, um, we had a corporate psychologist talk to the leadership team at our office and, um, I, I'm an extrovert and so I like to talk a lot, but his Mm. suggestion to me was to end whatever I said with, what do you think? And I was like, Oh, that's great. And I find myself doing it all the time and I'll, you know, maybe word vomit. I don't know. I'll, I'll say a bunch of stuff and then it will be kind of silent. And I'll say, (laughs) well, what do you think? Yeah. (laughs) So I want to try that. um, Yeah. I'll try that at work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I have similar scenarios where uh, I work in it so, you know, a lot of problem solving scenarios and sometimes I'm the one asking other people questions of like, hey, what would you do with this? But sometimes people are asking me questions, too. And I think that's an opportunity yeah, to let that other person uh, speak through it first and mm-hmm. even struggle a little bit with it, you know, because that's that's the whole point of the job <laughs> before right. we go to Google or whatever. <laughs> but don't tell anyone that, by the way. I won't. That I think most IT people just search things up on Google. You know. That's why they pay you the big bucks. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so you're taking improv classes and uh, uh, you you grow. I'm, I mean, I'm sure like you have grown so much as an improviser in your skill and in your talent. Um, have you done any improv performances in your time here at IFTP? Uh, PCE, pre-COVID. I ah, pre-COVID, yes. pre-COVID. So... What was that like, maybe your first improv show that you did? I was very nervous. Mm. Um, and Matt, you know, Matt would, would say that the improv that we do in class is harder than the improv that we do on the stage, I would right? Agree. Um, definitely true. Mm. But there's definitely a fear of like, what if I just blank? Mm. And I have, we did a show. Um, and, and Matt was getting suggestions from the audience about, you know, who's a character for, for me to play. I forget what the game was. And someone said Donald Trump. And when Uh, they said that anything that had to do with Donald Trump completely left my brain, (laughs) except for like this, whatever, like when he would talk like that, a big hands talk. And I couldn't think of anything Donald Trump. And so I was on stage and I was like, I know that after this show, I'm going to think about all of the things that I could have done. Right. (laughs) But I just had to go. I mean, what's your choice, right? I just had to go with it and just capitalize on whatever this, (laughs) just the hand gestures. Yeah. But, um, so like having that, I don't know. Matt would call it a, a happy struggle. Mm. Um, but, you know, knowing that, okay, so if, if I go blank, like someone else is going to say something, mm. you know, my scene partners will be there. Um, or it will be funny that I'm just like blank. And so, <laughs> you know, it's, it it's okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of like, you having to play Donald Trump, but forgetting everything. That's almost more interesting, <laughs> you know, and maybe funnier. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm this celebrity or like whoever 
I don't know anything about them. So this is what I think they are. Right. Like, especially with, you know, someone like Trump who's just, well, you know, we've all seen it. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is that, you know, I was the first show that I was in, I think it was the first show. Hmm. Um, one of my coworkers, Monica and I were in the show together. Oh, and so we fun. told our office and we were like, oh. oh, you'll see both of us in the show, which is great. Like you're excited. You're, you're bringing people to the show and you're like all into it. And then like the day before you're like, I don't want my coworkers to see you do this. <laughs> oh my God. I yeah. hope none of them can make it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that like, Oh, we're doing this. I'm like, I, that's a good point. I, yeah, my current coworkers, I have not invited them to a show. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could. I, I gotta think about it. Yeah. And then the day before you'll be like, Ooh, I don't yeah. want you to come anymore. If they even show up. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely something to think about. Hmm. Hmm. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would be incredibly nervous too, mm-hmm. but it went okay. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, you're still working at the same place, so I think uh, it went yep. pretty well. <laughs> yes. Nothing changed. I they, do. They can't hold it against you. That's you know, off the clock, outside of work. Like, well, I do um, have my studio do improv sometimes uh, like after in our Monday morning hmm. studio meetings. So we'll do. I I when we were all in the office, we're hybrid now, but when hmm. we're all in the office. Um, we would do what's the game where you have to say <laughs> bip bippity bop or oh, bop bippity bippity bop yeah <laughs> bippity bippity bop and if there was a new person that started oh, we would always man. play bip bippity bop yeah, yeah and so people would be like standing you know face to face with someone <laughs> making eye contact going bop <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like, that was fun so um but i did I had one um, oh, one guy that worked at my office that came to me and he was like, why do we do this? <laughs> he like, clearly was not interested. Oh, no. And I said, um, well, I can give you the, the medium length answer, but mm. it's really great for connecting. It's great for collaboration, being mm. present, great listening. Like I was just giving him the list and yeah. I knew that he wasn't really interested, not buying it. Yeah, but, um, he was a good sport and, and went through the, the painful process. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure. When, um, were you the person who brought improv to your office? I would say between Monica and I, we, mm. we both were like, this would be great. Yeah. We actually, um, we, we got a seminar at accepted into the national AIA conference. Wow. Um, is that architecture was, Institute of America? Something uh, like that? American Institute of architects. Okay. Okay. Flip it around. Um, okay. But it was the COVID year, and so the ah, conference got canceled. No. But it was improv for architects, mm. and Matt was going to do it. So oh, we have to gosh. get that back on the schedule. Yeah, we I haven't did. tried now that again. Things are a little but, more regular. Yeah, but like everyone should do improv. I mean, yes. I yes. know that w- we drank the Kool Aid. Oh I yeah, guess, absolutely. Right? Every day. But yeah. If everyone did improv, the world would be a better place. I hundred percent agree. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. So when you, you and Monica kind of first like brought up improv and kind of brought it into your workplace, um, was it a challenge to get people on board to be like, all right, team, uh, this morning we're going to play bippity bippity bop. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was, I mean, I think 
everybody kind of tried to embrace it because yeah. they knew that it would be helpful in some way. Yes. But there's, there's totally, I get it. There's totally fear with it. And there's some level of vulnerability mm-hmm. um, that, you know, oh, what if I don't know what to say? Or what if no one laughs? And it's like, no, sometimes, I mean, I've done scenes in class where I'm like, wow, this is kind of dark. And yeah. like, it wasn't funny at all. Yeah, I've had some <laughs> like that. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, I think, and there's also um, maybe a perception that improv is for extroverts or mm. for people that want to be more extroverted. Yeah, comedians and, yeah. um, but I think, um, some of the most phenomenal improvisers that actually the one that really grilled me about it mm. was one of the best improvisers oh, that, in our studio. That makes sense. And, um, so I, that's what I like about it is, you know, it, it's, it always surprises you who will come up with like the, yeah something that's super creative or super funny. Mm, I love that. And I think you said you end like, so you do like a Monday meeting and then you end that meeting, you do a little bit of improv. It, it depends on the week. So sure. we'll every, um, every couple months I'll try to get some sort of improv game okay. into our studio. Are there any like favorite exercises of the workplace crowd? Um, I don't know if they like bip, 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 <laughs> Um, we, we did one, um, where you were in a two person scene and you had to pick a line Mm. and it was like, I had everybody write insults or something on the piece of paper. And so they had to pick up the paper and like work it into the scene. That was something that was pretty advanced. I think um, you're pushing them a little bit. Yeah. All right, people we did. um, We did newscaster. That was fun Mm, where I had them, um, I had two people and this was good during COVID because the people at home or the people on zoom were the newscasters. Mm, And then they were looking at a camera view of two people acting out a scene of something that they got a photo of. And so that, that ended up being, um, being funny, Mm. but it's always hard. Like it's always challenging. Like, do you, make everybody do it or is it volunteer? Mm. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, the tricky part. Yeah. It's the tricky part. I feel that. Yeah. Cause you know what it like, what's the goal? You know? Right. <laughs> so like I was trying to like have fun or it's just like, Hey, everybody get in here. Like we're team building right now. Like, <laughs> y- you gotta do this. I don't want to team build. Well, too bad. <laughs> I want to do architecture. <laughs> oh, okay. We're building with words and right. thoughts and ideas. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, I think, thinking about it, like just what you've talked about architecture, again, my very limited knowledge, uh, from the Brady bunch, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like the idea of collaboration, right. Working on a team, you know, building together and thinking about how you create a space improv is a similar way. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're doing object work and creating a space with your scene partner. You're agreeing where different things go and are located. Uh, Mm -hmm. you're building, building a scene together. I mean, you're so punny. There's a lot of crossover. (laughs) I I try (laughs) sometimes too hard, but I, yeah, I. it seems like, yeah, of course you would bring it into that workplace. It seems like a perfect match. Yeah. And thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you. I think 
I know if I were your, like, if I worked at your company, I would be appreciative of that. I'd be like, wow, this is really cool that my boss, my manager does this. Even if some people think it's silly, like it, you know, just adds a little something and makes the workplace better. Mm. It's, I think something I'm, I'm not in a managerial position at this point in my life, but if I am one day, I think that's something I'd like to do is just be like, all right, team. Just give it we're, a chance. Yeah, we're, we're doing some improv this morning. I don't I don't think I quite have the pull for that at this time. Mm-hmm. I, I could get there, but <laughs> give it a little bit. So you're, you've inspired me to uh, to seek that goal. All right. So um, post-COVID. So you're doing IFTP, mm-hmm. right? COVID happens. You take a break. Naturally, a lot of us took a break from a lot of things during yes. that time and picked up some other hobbies during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like coming back to IFTP after the pandemic? Did you jump back in like as soon as IFTP opened? Did you wait a little bit? I waited a little bit. Um, I went to a show and I was like, oh, I remember this was fun. Yeah. Um, I was probably more nervous coming back to Mm. IFTP than when I started. Wow. I felt expectations Mm. from myself. Like I, I had to be good at it or cause you've done it before. Right. And so that part, I think I put more pressure on myself. Um, so it took a couple weeks, um, to like lose that judgment. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah. self judgment. Kind of shake the rust off. Yeah. Like, okay. No, just relax. Right. Like, yeah. I, I understand that. I was in a similar situation in that I coming out of the pandemic, I hadn't done improv for a little while. And then I joined IFTP and I was like, okay, I've done improv, but like, do I remember? Right. <laughs> There's a, there was a bit of a hesitation, yeah. but you know, I was like, I want to do this again. I'm going to go. Uh-huh. So I, I can relate to that very much. You're like, I should be good at this, right? <laughs> at this point in my life. Yeah. I had, this is, I don't know. You might edit this out. Um, but I, I had gotten, <laughs> I had gotten the first, my first day back, I had gotten stitches like right <gasps> here. Oh, and um, that day I wore like my high-waisted jeans, which was absolutely what not to wear. Mm. And I, I was in the class and I I noticed that like the gauze was bloody and I was like, every time I went up for a scene, I was like, Oh my God, there's going to be blood all over my shirt. (laughs) And I was just like, every scene was just me absolutely not being present. And I was just like, Oh my God. You're actively bleeding. (laughs) Like like you're healing. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that was, that that was the worst. That's an amazing story. (laughs) But also you I can't believe like, you know, you were recovering from something and you're like, I'm going to improv class. I'm bleeding and dad won't stop me. <laughs> like that's hardcore, Tara. Like, well, you know, I couldn't miss a class if I was available. Yeah. Like she may be bleeding out, but she's here with that's us tonight. Right. Tara. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you. everyone. That's, that's kind of awesome. No, that's staying in. <laughs> you know. That's an awesome story. All right, Tara. So I want to ask, um, kind of like a, a bigger, bigger picture question. What do you think has been the impact of improv in your life? I think I'm a better leader because of improv and mostly because I'm a, a better listener. Hmm. Um, 
And I have, it's allowed me interestingly enough to, um, drop expectations more of an outcome of a situation. Um, I still struggle with having expectations of myself, Mm. but as far as, um, in, in any situation in my life, it's, um, about it, it is what it is. And, um, I think I'm better equipped to, just take things for what they are because of improv yeah. Um, and, and being present for my, my family and my friends and my job and all of that is, is a lot is owed to improv. Hmm. I think just from what you said right there, I mean, the ability to take things as they are is huge Mm -hmm. in all areas of life. So that's just hearing you say that I'm going to like, lock that away and be like, okay, I'm going to remember that little nugget of wisdom right there. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, yes, the importance of presence with family and friends and loved ones, that's, that's huge too, because time is such, such a precious thing. And we need to be mindful of that, how it's spent and how we listen and pay attention to the, Mm -hmm. those finer details of other people. Mm -hmm. And being able to think on your feet, you know, is, <laughs> I mean, as I, I taught some, I taught a couple of classes at USC and wow. just, um, you know, in the, in the coaching role, mm. you know, oh, having a course. parent that yeah. wants to talk to me about playing time. Like I oh, would, I, I still agonize about it. Like, what yeah. are they going to say? But I go in and that's one where I'm like, I have to just listen to all of it as much as I've prepared yeah. What I'm going to say, I have to hear what the issue is first before I respond. Mm. And that, um, that the improv is, has been critical to my ability to do that. Yeah. And I just hearing you say that and like thinking about like putting myself in your shoes in that situation, that's a tough conversation to have, yeah. but one that I'm sure comes up just as a coach and you know, working with students and kids, like, yeah, because it's, you know, every parent is like, I want to see my kid out there, you know? And you yeah. as a coach have to, that balance of like, I need to let people play, but we do have the objective of also winning. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a tough balance. Yeah. It's a tough balance. Easier in professional sports. Yes. But in, in <laughs> other levels, that can be tricky. So right. I, I can see how improv and just being able to like be dynamic in those situations is helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I've got one more question for you, Tara. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to do some improv. Okay. Because we could talk about it all night, but we got to play a little. Yes. All right. So my last question for you. Um, Taking in all your experience, your classes, your performances that you've done in improv um, and looking ahead, you know, to the next year, a couple of years, do you have any goals for yourself within improv or within performing that you hope to achieve or accomplish? What's next for you? Oh, good question. Um, I would like to get back into doing shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get you out there. Yeah. I, I have, I've dabbled in the thought of stand up comedy oh. as a branch off. Yeah. Um, just try it. Yeah. And I, I go back and forth. I, I'm not all in on it. Um, yet, but, um, it, it just 
seems so anti-improv. Yes, it's very um, And everything I love about improv is not stand-up. Um, but I love the idea of telling stories in, a, in an interesting way, yes, right? Yes. And um, the storytelling aspect of it, I think, appeals to me. So mm. I'll keep that marinating mm. in my potential future. But that's... Um, that's what I would think maybe is the future. Okay. So what's uh, going to be the name of your Netflix special? <laughs> your uh, hour long. Um, giving a fuck. Giving a, I like that. That's a great. T- oh man, I'm in. I'm in. I'll, I'll listen to the album on Spotify. I'll stream it on Netflix. You got me hooked. All right. Tara. Giving, giving a fuck, a fuck. <laughs> coming soon uh, on Netflix. Yeah, amazing. I mean, that's a seriously like that's a fantastic name for a stand-up special. <laughs> I had when uh, my my dad passed away six years ago now, and um, I remember the the couple years after that, I just felt like I did not care about anything. Mm. Like I never cared about anything, mm. and I would talk to my my uncle who I'm very close with my dad's brother. And we would just be like, it would be the end of the year. And we'd be like, okay, you know, 2019, Mm. we're going to have to give a fuck next year. (laughs) And it would be our new year's resolution. Like we took this year off, but it never worked. (laughs) So that will be my, but you mentioned it, you know, you said like, Hey, we're going to try. Yes. We're going to try. And I think that's what it's about. Right. Trying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, 10 out of 10 Netflix special name. So I'm there. I'll stream it. I'll tell my friends. So you, you, you got, you got at least one fan right here. All nice. right. You ready to do some improv? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So, uh, we're going to play some games. Okay. And these games are going to be weird. No, <laughs> they're not weird. They're just, um, I like to try and come up with my own versions of games on the show. Oh. And I've done my best. Uh, this is now our 26th episode wow, to never cool. repeat a game. Oh, um, okay. so, which is interesting. You know, there's variations here and there, but uh, here's what we'll do. Can you list for me um, some TV shows that you enjoy? Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Survivor. Survivor, great. <laughs> um, the Challenge. Uh, Law and Order. Mm. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Special Victims. Uh, SVU, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Judge Judy. Judge Judy. Oh, I mean. Um, I'm wrapping up Ozark. Ozark. Okay. That's, that's one I need to see. Cause I'm, I'm a big Jason Bateman fan. Uh, and I, I love a lifetime original movie. A lifetime original movie. It's not a show, but just, you're just ready whenever they come out. Yes. There you go. Okay. <laughs> some good choices. Uh, we're going to pick one of those. Mm, we're going to say, let's go, uh, survivor. Okay. All right. Um, uh, so Tara, uh, we're going to perform a scene from Survivor. <laughs> okay. Survivor, the TV show, is going to be our inspiration. And I'm going to preface it with, I've never actually seen the show. <laughs> okay, so I you're my have a general, Yep, yep. And of course, I'm on it with Great. you. Uh, I've seen the commercials, though. I have a general idea of what's it about. Um, so we'll do a scene based off Survivor, and I'll uh, black us out when I think we're done. Okay. All right. Do you think, do you think we're going to have to make fire? Kendall, 
look, all I know is that 24 hours ago, I was working my cubicle. And now I'm here, stuck with you, someone I barely know on an island. Probably. I, I really think... You're, I think you should, I think you should work on your political game, Joseph. And I'm only saying this because we're alone at the watering hole. Yeah. But I think you should be, I think you should be, um, you know, a little bit less transparent about who you don't like because okay. everyone gets a vote. Okay. You, and just, you can already tell there's, I, I pretty much hate everyone, so I should... Yeah, I know. And, you know, like you can't pull the coconuts and like throw them at people when they're not looking. (sighs) It's It's funny. It's funny. Kendall, come on. I mean. You laughed. I I saw you laugh. When you you threw it at Danny, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nailed him in the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he was walking around like this. Yeah, big old Yeah, but, you know, it's, if, if you want to make it to the merge, I do. I do. Then you got to make friends with these people. I okay. mean, you know, and I mean, if if we have to make fire, here's the thing: like you got that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I, I used to be an Eagle Scout, you know, growing up. So it's like I have the skills. I just, I just need to adjust my attitude, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's a good call. Thank you, Kendall. It's gonna make it. Yeah. I'll vote for you. Hey, I'll, I'll vote for you too. Well, I guess voting, I'll vote for you at the end for you to win. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't vote for you. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to we gotta be out, on the same side. Know. Yeah. You know, I, you're, you're really nice. Like, you know, I, I haven't really liked anyone else that I met you, Danny, especially. That's why I nailed him with that coconut. But like, on the on the down low since it's just us here at the watering hole, you know, at the old WH. Do you wanna call a truce? Kinda of help each other out until we get to until we get to the end? I mean you're the person that I trust more than anybody here. We can, so we can clan up. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think uh our next vote's gotta be Danny and then I yeah. think we're good. Yeah. I mean once we get Danny out of here, there's there's no one that really intimidates me. Yeah. I mean, except for you, but we have a truce, so. And then we'll just battle it out till the end, right? Let the best person win. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd rather it be you than, you know, one of those other schlubs out there. I agree. Ah. So many schlubs. Yeah. I can't even begin to start. Thank you. Thank you, Kendall. I mean, you you really seem to have a lock on the, the format of this, of this show, I, you know, I'm going to be honest, like when I applied, I didn't really know much. And, you know, I did the auditions and I was just kind of like, kind of had a mindset of like, yeah, why not? You know, like, I didn't really know what I was getting into. So it's going to be good to have someone who, you know, like, you know, your shit. Hold on a second. So like you didn't watch season 10 and the cook islands and season 13 and, and, Belize? No. Season 23 and the Galapagos Islands? Like Ozzy and... What? And Brendan and... You don't know... Boston Rob? Like nobody? 
No, I thought I thought this was a new a new reality show. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if we. I thought this was like a spinoff of like Love Island or something. Uh, oh God, I I can't be your ride or die, man. What? No, Kendall, you just we touched glasses. Hey, hey! <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. You're off the island, bro. I'm off, Kendall. We. We just had a moment. I just bore my soul to you. You don't know anything about Survivor. You're dead weight. So this is how it's going to be? All right, well, watch your back, Kendall. Watch your back, I throw a pretty Joseph. Mean, I throw a pretty mean cocoa nut. <laughs> Blackout. Cocoa nut. Cocoa nut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh that true to form. I would be, I, I would, I would lose if I were on that show. Like just me as I am, I'd get destroyed. But I feel like you might be good to go. How are your nature skills? Uh, the 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 cold rain. Mm. I couldn't do that. Would cold rain. We've had some practice so lately here. That's true. Yes. I know. I, I brought my parka, my ski jacket that I've been wearing. Next time around. it rains, don't bring it. And just be like, yeah, I'm training. I'm on Survivor. I'm training. Yeah. yeah. Cast me. You never know. <laughs> yeah, just think of it. We're like, in LA. The yeah. producers are walking around yeah, everywhere. Just run into them at like Starbucks or something. Like I'm sure they'll see. Like if you walk by a Starbucks, it's raining and you don't have a jacket on, there's like a 50-50 chance you get cast in the next season of Survivor. 100%. Because they'll just look outside and be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I would love to be on The Amazing Race. <gasps> That's a cool show, again, that I haven't seen, but I generally know the idea. Yeah, I would like to walk by a casting director for The Amazing yeah. Race. Yeah, I mean, you get to travel, you get to like solve puzzles, and it's totally. you pair up, Yeah, which is I think makes yeah. it more fun. The, the eating, the eating yeah. is the hard one. Like, mm. you have to eat like chicken feet or uh, yeah. eyeballs yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I don't know that chicken are known for their feet. I, I mean, I haven't tried it. Maybe they're like chicharrones. Oh, that's true. That, those are pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, if it's if you fry it up, how bad can it be? Right. Just giving you know, a little chicken toes, a little toenail for the crunch. That's, I don't know. Chickens have those. That's what I would tell myself. Yeah. But yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, if you're in it to win it, make it happen, right? I guess. Make it happen. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and move on to our next game, Tara. <laughs> All right, uh, so for this next game, uh, we're going to be playing out a little scenario. Uh, this is called Welcome to Our Planet. And in this game, uh, you're the president of the United States. Congratulations. Congratulations, president. Uh, we'll figure out your name once the scene starts. And in this scene, uh, you're welcoming me, the first space alien to Earth. So this is a big, pivotal moment in our, in our history as a, as a nation. Okay. So... Uh, that's all you're going to get. And uh, okay. again, I'll black us out all when right. we're done. Welcome. Sorry, I'm just uh, adjusting my translator. I, I can understand you. We. Oh, great. Because I don't speak floggio. I don't speak floggio. You read the side of the ship. Yeah, it yeah. says floggio on there. That's where we're from. Wow, you're so fluent. Uh, well... We've been studying your planet for a long time. Wow. Yeah. You're so, you're so knowledgeable. I mean, yeah. I can just tell. Wow. So the way that your four arms. Yeah. How does that 
How does that work for feeding? Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, one great thing about being a Floggian, right, is uh, having four arms. It's a great feature. I, I, we feel bad for you humans. We've, you know, observing your planet, you only have two arms and that really limits you. But when we're eating, it's just, you can kind of use whatever arm you have available to eat and then use the other arms for other things, you know, just we're true multitaskers. The ultimate multitaskers. Absolutely. You know, so I, I could be eating a side dish and a main dish at the same time. Wow. We, f- we finish our meals incredibly quickly because just the, the hand to mouth speed is, well, it's out of control. You know, as soon as one hand is approaching the mouth, another hand is going away to grab more food. Yeah. Times four. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a constant. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I was distracted. I hope you didn't find offense to... Not at all, not at all. ...calling out your arms. I'm really... I understand you may have a lot of questions. Well, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say, uh, we come in peace, obviously. We're coming in peace. If if we wanted to take you all over, we we would have done it already. Trust me. Oh. Yeah, we're we're like way ahead of you. Wow, well, that's a little bit arrogant. Well, I... Look, it's... I don't mean to be rude, but you still use gasoline for fuel. Oh. It's childish, really. Wow. A- amateur. Well, I thought it was just using the resources of our lovely planet that was bestowed <laughs> upon us from the universe. Sure. I mean, our species used fossil fuels, you know, um, millions of years ago. But, you know, as, as soon as we discovered that uh, our spit could be used to fuel vehicles... Um, We've moved on to that ever since and now live in a completely clean, sustainable society. Wow. Have your scientists never tried to just put spit in one of your vehicles? Yep, just like that. We just pretty much spit in the tanks. We need you here. Yeah, I mean, that that's why we came down. We noticed I mean, your nation was struggling a little bit. Stay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know you have your, your re-election campaign coming up. You feeling nervous? I mean, would you join my campaign? Absolutely. We're, we're big fans of your work. You know, what some of your, your platforms, President. We could really move mountains. I mean, uh, imagine, like, between the two of us, we have six hands. We Yeah, well, that's just me. You know, I have friends. I can, you know, send them a transmission and they'll fly over. It's so great to have one brain for four hands. That's, I mean, yes. You can I, really, you can really uh, unite the forces, if oh, you know absolutely. what I mean. I mean and, you don't want too many voices in the room. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to push my luck, but would you, could I maybe... J- Manage your campaign. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, a thousand times. Do you want to... We should shake on it. I'm not sure what you did there, but I'm going to do it too. Well, I'm harvesting my spit. Oh, okay. I thought you were spitting in your hand to shake my hand. I. Well, yes. I saw that on one of your television shows. I, I feel like when we spit... Together, I mean, imagine what magic will happen. Who knows? Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh. There's a raw power here in this planet. 
Am I gr- I, I'm I'm growing. I'm growing a second arm. It worked. Oh, what? I'm one of you. You're one of us now. Oh, I've never been so happy. We can we can take over. Yeah. Like oh my god. It was cuz of you. It's cuz of me. So remember, when you look down at your upper left hand, or your lower left hand, (laughs) or your upper right hand, or your lower right hand, remember, the Florgians gave that to you. I will always remember, because you're staying here forever. Forever. Yeah. Blackout. I liked that you turned into the alien. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> Spouted an arm right there. That's incredible. I saw it. <laughs> so, I know. I could see it too. You were like, I, I was all bought in. <laughs> I, like, honestly, okay, if you had the choice, like right now, would you, if you could have four arms, would you? I would. I would. I, I think I might too. If... I mean, does everybody have forearms or yeah, am I yeah, yeah, the yeah. weirdo with yeah, forearms? So if you had the choice for all of humanity um, to choose if they had forearms or just two, you would pick four? I would pick four. I think I would agree. I'm just imagine- It wouldn't help us with the volunteering to do too many things, though. No, no. But think of the high fives. Oh, totally. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. High tens. Eat just with half your body. Sports, volleyball with four arms. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Just double the hitting power, the sets, yeah. the bumps, the, the blocks. Oh. oh, my gosh. You'd have such a wide range. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, you could just maybe make the team smaller because of all the arms yeah. out there. Imagine doubles. You, you, um, you bump with your upper or your lower arms, like you choose. Or you would play You're singles. like, oh, oh my singles that would be so good too oh my gosh we're wow we kind of we're onto something yeah we suck as we are don't we (laughs) we need those other arms lame i'm disappointed (laughs) i gotta go talk to a doctor all right uh that actually segues us into our final game tara okay uh in this game we're going to be revisiting a famous moment from history one that you may be familiar with uh this game is called living history and in this game we're going to reenact the first organ transplant. Um, now, I forgot to get a year on this, but it, I know it happened in the 20th century, which makes okay. sense. I feel like probably before that, we didn't know what germs were. So okay. it kind of tracks. So you and I are going to reenact the first organ transplant. So this is after anesthesia was invented. We don't know. That's up to us. Okay. Yep. Again. And is, are we at the table? We don't know. We'll find out. Okay. I feel prepared. Okay. I'm, I've looked at a lot of books. I've seen some really great drawings. I think I'm, I think I just need to cut in. Just yeah. to open you up. I mean, Dr. Shinza. Yes. Yes, Melissa. I've, I've always wanted a new kidney. Yeah, I know. And, we have to try. My pee is really, really dark. It's disgusting. Yep. <laughs> it is. And I know if we don't do something about it, I'm worried about your life. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So here's, here's what I want you to do. Drink this shot. It's 
whiskey. I need you to numb the pain a little bit because we are going to cut you open. How long does it take? The whiskey or the, cert- or the, the cutting? Well, my original question was about the whiskey, but that's a, that's a great fault. Fo- Did you? It's for the nerves. I've I mean, never done this before. No one has ever done this. I, I, I get that. It's kind of a big deal. When, when, my, when my husband drinks like that, he sometimes falls over and he can't speak clearly. And what about your, don't you have assistance or? No, I asked, you know, I've been trying to train some other townsfolk, but they're, they think this is only God's work. But I said, no. I think God wants us to do this. So here I am. Well, I'm starting to think that this all makes sense. Yes, it does. All right, so... I think, uh... Do you want me to cut me open, or are you going to cut me open? Oh, I think I'll cut you open. Oh. Yeah. I don't mind. Okay, well... I don't mind. I I appreciate the offer, but again, I am the doctor. Yeah. And you the patient. Yeah. So I think... But, you know, like... Oh, my... Melissa! Melissa! Oh, my... That's a lot of blood, man. Oh, my gosh. Stop, stop, stop. What? I mean, you you did cut in the right place. I guess you, you feel the pain. But, okay, so what we're looking for uh, is a kidney kind of looks like a bean. Oh. You might have to move move some things around in there. <laughs> Gooey. Uh, I believe it. I've heard tales. I, I, I've cut open a cadaver before, but never a live human being. Oh, it's connected. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, we have some some tubes going off of it. Um, here, take these scissors. Is that it? Well, we've got to we've got to snip snip the old one. Great, you're you're doing amazing, Melissa. Let me know if you need another shot or anything. <laughs> oh! <Pickles. laughs> wow this this seems pretty easy. All right. Well, that that's. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, that one. Is, the, is it in the fridge? Where's yeah. The... Well, I've got an ice box. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I've had a. You know, I have uh, my that young lad at Cornelius. You know, he goes and cuts the blocks of ice and brings them here to the ice house, and we keep the. <laughs> we've kept the extra kidney in there for you. So, uh, yeah, I've actually got it right here. So what you're going to do is um, you're going to take this and we're going to use a, a hot iron to cauterize those tubes. Oh. So I'm going to hand you this. You got your kidney. Here's your hot iron. Okay. You're just kind of, yep, you're just going to burn it right back in there. All right. You're, you're doing great, Melissa. This is incredible. Simply incredible. Medical science is, is going to change forever. I think I need more whiskey. Absolutely. Another another shot coming up. Here. Whew. It burns. It, it, it should. It burns. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do I just iron my skin back together, too? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, the, that'll help kind of just fold it back. Oh, my gosh. Steam feature. Of 
course. Yes, yes, yes. You poured some water on there and then you steamed it with the hot iron. Yes, the first steam iron. You know, this wow. would do great on clothes. Commercially. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a real market for it. I, Melissa, I, I need to tell you something. You know, you came into this room, I the doctor, you the patient, but after what I've just witnessed, you just performed a surgery upon yourself. You're more of a doctor than I could ever be. Would you like to start a practice? I would, I would love to work for, for you. Wow. I would love that. I, I want you to have my medical license. Here, take it. We'll, we'll write your name on there. Yeah. Melissa Calloway. Doctor. Oh, oh. I'll be there forever. It sure will. Wow. You're, you're an incredible woman. I can't wait to pee clear. <laughs> Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, during that whole scene, I was thinking, you know, in movies when they have like scenes where characters do surgery, like either on themselves or... Uh, you know, whenever I, I can't stand those scenes. I, I can't watch him like other, like battle violence I can handle, but right. the self-surgery or any sort of surgery scenes can't do it. Uh, can't do it. I just, I'm like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> I don't know. What's your thought on that? Can you handle it? Um, I don't mind it. I'm always kind of fascinated by like, how do they make it look so real? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole theory that it's ketchup, is it really ketchup? I don't think so. I think it's yeah, like a corn it's like syrup. Fake blood. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Ketchup, no way. Ketchup's too thick, right? Right. Maybe watered down, but right. I don't know. But I mean, sometimes like it looks like there's really a hole in the middle of their head. Yeah. Like some of the how makeup do they work. Do that? I don't know. Maybe they really do the injury and then just help the actor after they shoot. <laughs> like so some actors have sustained dozens upon dozens of injuries over the years. The um what I was thinking about during the scene when I first, I had shoulder surgery, mm. shoulder surgery, and I was in the waiting room and I was freaking out. Yeah. And the doctor came in and I was still in the waiting room and he just walked in in jeans with a coffee. <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh, shouldn't he be studying or yeah. like looking at my chart Suited or up and at yeah. least wearing a lab coat yeah. or like, Stethoscope. And why is yeah. he drinking coffee? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like freaking out. Yeah. He's like, this all seems wrong. <laughs> like, and then he came in and he was like, I'm excited to tell you this is my first shoulder surgery. <gasps> and I was like, Oh my gosh. He said, no, I've done about oh, okay. 20,000 of them. And then he laughed. Yeah. 20. I did the math. It's like 50 a week or if it was like 20 a week for anyway, oh, I did the math, insane. Yeah. but it made me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what if he's done too many? <laughs> but the first surgery brought yeah. me back to yeah. that moment. Uh, yeah. I pictured you in jeans. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Probably that one. That's possible. You know, back in whatever, 19, right. Whenever that was, yeah, Levi's were a big deal. <laughs> I did like the iron solderizing, yeah, that- solderizing. Soldering, soldering, yeah, soldering, cauterize. There you go, cauterizing. Yeah, yeah. I was mixing some inappropriate words in there. Yeah, 
I feel like, I don't know, maybe that's how they did it. Again, I literally looked up a list of historical events, didn't get any context, and just said that one. And then, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I will now look it up and see what it really was. I mean, you lived it, so I don't right. think you have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, Melissa Calloway. It's there forever. Yeah, it's right there here. forever on your body. <laughs> All right, Tara, before we close out uh, on this episode, I want to give you the opportunity. Any final words on improv, on life, or on anything that you want to leave us with tonight? Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. Um, Leave it wide open. I, you know, we are all works in progress. And I think improv acknowledges and celebrates that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... Um, I don't know. It just applies to so many aspects of life and that's what, I don't know. That's what popped into my head. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. No, I love it. We're all works in progress. Take that, write it down, tattoo it on your forehead, you know, just put it out there. That's going to be, let's quote that minted right there. Well, thank you so much, Tara Bibi, for joining us tonight on Improv for the Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, please check out our others. We're streaming now on all platforms. we got a video on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. But until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Improv for the Podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.